In the 1970s, a future top-notch podcasting team was born, and then raised on military bases because their dads were in the Air Force. These Gen Xers eventually grew up and were unleashed upon the world. Today, looking forward to retirement, they survive by dishing out their opinions. If you have questions that need answers and an open mind, if you can spare 60 minutes a week, and if you have internet access, maybe you can listen to Kenyatta and Jack save the world. Listening friends, may the fourth be with you. That's right. Today is May, May the 4th. And if you're in the know, I won't even call it geekdom. If just if you're in the know, you know what that means. So may the fourth be with you today and Cinco de Mayo tomorrow. Or it could also be Revenge of the Fifth. Either or. <laughs> Listening yep. friends, we're here again. He is Jack. I'm Ken, and we are here to save the world. Um, our dear Jack is feeling a smidge under the weather. It will not deter our mission, though. It will not. I am here to save the world. Sinus infection be damned. Basically, because that's why the good Lord invented doctors and uh, antibiotics. So, <laughs> yep. yep. Indeed. Indeed. Otherwise, I went to the pharmacy to buy some Sudafed and I realized I wasn't sure what was the best Sudafed. But fortunately, there was someone wearing a Kid Rock T-shirt and I knew that Kid Rock uh, fans are experts in the appropriate type of Sudafed for every type of need that one could have for Sudafed. And he answered my question promptly. Is this a true story? No, I made that up. Okay. (laughs) But it's funny. <laughs> yeah, but you do know that Kid Rock fans do know the exact legal amount of Sudafed that one can buy. Anyway, um, <laughs> this is not me con- condoning Kid Rock in any way whatsoever. Because yeah, no. oh, I'm sorry, I meant Robert Ritchie. Oh my God, no. Okay, um, <laughs> we can't call him by the name that he wants to go by. We have to call him by his actual name. I mean, and I want a 24 karat gold toilet, but we can't get everything we want now, can we? Doop, no, doop. We can't. <laughs> anyway, moving on from my little <laughs> diatribe about Kid Rock fans. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes, it's another, another week for us, another month for all of us. We are in May. Um, we're done with, as the people in finance and other weird fields like to say we're done with the first quarter of the year ish the first third ish mm-hmm. something to that effect anyway we're in may so that we are may just also happens to be uh aapi heritage month asian american and pacific islanders shout out to our brothers and sisters in that community as always we are the true robot rainbow coalition over here don't we ever are. forget it we are most definitely. Uh, May also has Mother's Day. Yep. And as we all know, Memorial Day. When yep. we here in the United States honor those in the armed services who have or um, died 
Yeah. And just to, well, I don't even know if she ever listens, but just to embarrass her in case she does, Heather's sister's birthday is this month. Awesome. Also, my daughter's birthday is this month, and I don't know if she listens either, but that's fine. Um, yeah, I know a lot of May birthdays. It's wild. Yeah. It's wild. But so here we are. Here we are, already just chugging straight through 2022. And, and no time at all. Oh, my God. You think I was the one that was on the good drugs? <laughs> well, I might be. I'll never tell. Yes, 2023, chugging right along. So... Before you know it, it'll be New Year's Eve and we'll be sitting here saying what happened. Yeah. So, but until then, and probably until then, we'll still be here chugging right along, doing what we do. Because we can't help it. We got to. We got to. That we do. That we do. Just one more thing on our plates, but it's all good. So, as we... uh. We're going to go ahead and, and keep the steam high on this one and get right into our WTFs. Jack, what do you have going on this week? I'm going to do a recap on some previous WTF moments. Um, several, I don't know, what, about a month ago, I highlighted the Oklahoma State Superintendent for Public Education, one Ryan Walters, and how one of his stated goals was to eliminate all federal funding from education in the state of Oklahoma. We're already 48th with what we get from the federal government. And so he's trying to push us somewhere around 60th or 70th, I guess. Several third world countries will probably spend more in education than we do. Oh my. After that occurs. But uh, <laughs> Tuesday in a hearing in front of the Oklahoma House, representatives he called the oklahoma teachers union and teachers terrorists and he refuses to work with them because he will not negotiate with terrorists the way i understand terrorists to be correct me if i'm wrong is that they're usually holding something hostage or holding up something from progressing is this what he claims that teachers are trying to do and if so what is it um, well, they are indoctrinating our children <laughs> with <laughs> the liberal Biden agenda, <laughs> to which I have to say, is he aware that all 77 counties in the state of Oklahoma voted for Donald Trump in the last election, that the Oklahoma Republicans have super majorities in the state house and the state senate that our governor is a republican the majority is so big in the house and senate chambers that republicans now fight them each other because there aren't enough democrats for them to fight right mm -hmm. so a majority of the teachers in the state well i'm not going to say a majority i know a lot of teachers in this state and a good portion of them are registered Republicans. A good portion of them are MAGA. Does he think that, like, when they get to school at 7.30 and they clock in, that, like, they're like, well, guess I'm a Marxist until 4 o'clock. And then at 4 o'clock, they're like, oh, guess I'm a Republican again. They aren't indoctrinating anybody. First of all, they're too busy teaching to the standardized test that everybody puts out there. They're not 
They don't have time to indoctrinate anybody. No. Their bonuses are tied to the scores that their students get in the standardized testing, and teachers would much rather get their bonus than they would indoctrinate a kid. I'm thinking yes, especially with all the yaya that the governor has been spouting out about supposedly giving teachers raises. Hmm. Yes. That was the other thing that I was going to touch on, because last week I talked about him vetoing funding for OETA. And mm-hmm. I do need to make a correction. I did not know this when I said that. He did veto it, but OETA, I guess the way the law is written, would still have one year of funding. So mm. it would actually die um, July 1 of 2024 if nothing happens before that time frame. Mm, okay. I, I didn't know that that was a thing, but I incorrectly stated that it would die July 1 of this year. And I'm the type of person that if I realize I made a mistake, I want to correct that. <gasps> right um i was unaware realized it afterwards but that is the case but now that man has gone even further because he's in a war with the oklahoma senate and any bill that originated in the senate he is vetoing that included a bill because there are several school districts in the state of oklahoma which remember is choctaw for land of the red man We have 37 federally recognized tribes in the state of Oklahoma, not to mention the ones that aren't federally recognized. And there was school districts that have made it to where uh, Native American kids can't wear Native regalia under their robes or put feathers on their caps as they graduate to honor their heritage. And so there was a bill passed that said school districts cannot do that. And Kevin Stitt vetoed that one. Because he's in his war. And as you mentioned, it's because he wants some funding thing with education. But I'll let you explain what it is because you 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 know. <laughs> the way I heard it was part of the bill that he's trying to push through it supposedly includes anywhere between two to five thousand dollar raises for teachers. Good. Never a bad thing. Buried in that bill, I guess is a little bit of fat, is monies for each child that a household has. $2,500 for your everyday random average folk. Five grand per child for millionaires. And that money is to be put toward the parent's choice of charter school. Correct. What and, he's and private school in private schools. So to piggyback off of what you said, he's vetoing every bill that's coming through that's been set out by anybody opposing his bill. So what he did about a week and change ago was in the dead of night, just veto, 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 back to back to back all these bills that had been put through by his so-called opposition. You're missing it. It's nothing but political revenge. like weaponized politics is hard at work this year. And like, as we said, you know, pre-show 2023 looks like it's going to be the year of weaponized politics. No doubt. It does. It's no longer, it's no longer difference of opinions. It's just that if you do something I don't like, I'm going to mess you up. That's it. Yeah. That's it. There, there was, I don't, 
have you ever heard of something called history? That thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and have you ever heard of that that little spat that? Well, most of it happened in the the first part of the nineteen forties, but its roots started in the twenties, and then in the thirties, this particular group took power in this country called Germany. Um, have you are you familiar with that? Because I know that it's not really something that a lot of people know of. I may have heard a thing or two about it. Yes. But you know, the, the internet is unreliable. So who knows? Well, yeah. I mean, you can't, you know, check a fact checker. But um, <laughs> one of the things they did um, in the 30s was when there were businesses that they didn't that did not agree with the official stance of the government, they would sue them or do things to put them out of business or, you know, or come in and forcibly take them over. And everybody is talking about Florida and what DeSantis is doing with Disney. But I did not realize this until this week. Apparently last year in the Oklahoma legislature, a bill was passed that states that banks have to be given like an audit on who they donate to and what their stance are on certain issues and i guess like five national banks didn't pass this little standard and it means they can't do business in oklahoma but let me be clear the way i read it i wasn't sure if it meant business with the government of the state of oklahoma or business in general in the state of Oklahoma. Because I would think that if you made it to where Bank of America couldn't do business in a state, that that would be a pretty huge deal, and it would probably make national news. So I wasn't quite sure it was worded funny the way I read it. Hmm. But if it is that you can't do business in the state of Oklahoma, what... What what's one of the big things that banks provide? Mortgages? That thing. What what business does the governor of Oklahoma own? Ooh, 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 ooh. It's a pop quiz from last week. Uh uh real estate. A mortgage company. Yeah. That thing, yes. Mm-hmm. Interesting that this little bill would put like five huge banks that give mortgages and make it to where if they can't do business in Oklahoma, they can't give mortgages in Oklahoma. He's, I go with me on this one for a sec. This is my train. This is my train of thought after just this couple of minutes about not just what he's doing, but what these, some of these other governors are doing by so blatantly and transparently weaponizing their power they clearly think they are like the evil geniuses in a james bond movie that they literally do the dirty stuff and at some point a little way little halfway past seems the halfway mark in the movie the evil villain sits down and explains his evil plan to bond while he's got bond tied up or caged or in a tank with sharks or whatever and this is my evil plan to take over the world with lasers in space. And that was actually the plot of a James Bond movie. Um, it was. That was a horrible one. Anyway. Is that not Moonraker? That was Moonraker. Um, 
but basically this is what they're doing. This is my evil plan. <clears throat> and I'm doing all these things because I'm so smart and I have worked this plan out from A to B to C to Z so well, you will not be able to tell what my plan is until I sit down and tell it to you because y'all are just too dumb. He, he doesn't realize he's more of the level of um, the naked gun type of villain. That's what he is. He's like Ricardo Montalban with the stuff beaver. That's, that's what these guys are. They're not that clever. They're, they're not, I'll take it back. They're clever by the ways of politics. They're not smart or they're not smart. They're not smart enough to understand that there are more smart people out there in their jurisdiction than they get credit for. They keep, they keep trying to appeal to the lowest common denominator, which are the people that put them in office in the first place. But they don't realize there's a whole shitload of other people that are smarter than they, and they see right straight through this. But they're still trying to pull these pranks. Yep. Over and over and over and over again. That's why Disney is about to go up to Santa's ass down here in Florida. <laughs> Yeah. So um, I don't know. Where does where do where do the evil, you know, sea level schemes end? Where where do you just say, you know what? This is out of hand. It's too much. I'm not doing the business of the people. I'm doing this for my own, you know, my own pride and my own game, my own power games. I'm not doing it for the people. Does that ever click in? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt it. You can't tell me that you're the party of business when you're literally trying to shut down businesses because you don't agree with some of their stances or who they give money to. Like literally, I don't like you, so I'm going to mess you up. That's like school. That's literally a schoolyard bully. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. it's just fun times here in this state of Oklahoma where we're. I don't know. I guess they're not happy with not being in the news, like passing dumbass bills like Florida and Missouri. Mm. So, you know, who knows? Maybe in a week or two, we can go a day without being having another embarrassing story come out of our state. Y'all's sake. I hope so. Good Lord. Because for many, as many of our, and I say our, because, you know, that's still my, still my home state. Better for worse, as many as our fellow Oklahomans can think rationally and in bigger terms, other than just themselves, there's still far too many doing weird shit. Yeah, that sums that up. Weaponization of the Bubba. Weaponization of the Bubba. That should, yeah, that's really the thing. It started late last year. We saw that, but now it's it's coming into full fruition, and it's. It's frightening and hilarious at the same time. It's mm, sort of like slasher movies. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So anyway, that's that's my WTF. It just keeps getting WTF here. Like it's like a it's like a row of dominoes that just keep falling. Bloop. 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 Yeah. Yep. So. So what's yours? Mine. I haven't spoken about this waste of carbon-based life form in a while, but hey, no time like the present. Lauren Boebert. Oh. 
is being criticized. <laughs> That's not a new thing. After sharing photos taken at a gun range, literally not even a day after five people were shot in Texas with an assault weapon. And listening friends, I'm, I'm sure you're aware of the horrible story behind that. When a man went over to his next door neighbor and asked him not to shoot his gun off so close to their house because their child was sleeping, the man came back minutes later and shot and killed five people, including a nine-year-old child. Ms. Bobart, literally hours later, and then the next day, posted herself at a gun range, holding up a t-shirt that says, quote, since we're redefining everything, this is a cordless hole puncher with the graphic of an AR-15. Wow, that's lovely. Isn't she? Yeah, but she was one of those people that replaced her uh, lapel pin that all Congress people wear with one of the AR-15 lapel pins. So mm, yeah, yeah. I'd be surprised, really. No, she's um, she's one of that you know particularly vile group of MAGA Republicans, and that's saying a lot when you have right you have a you have a group of MAGA Republicans, and then there's a particularly vile portion of those so she's one of those she definitely is and to be tasteless enough to be completely to be and i doubt seriously that she was unaware that this the shooting had happened how can you not be it has been an absolute series of travesties back to back to back to back for the last couple of months literally since the beginning and let's just be clear but Either she knew and decided it wasn't important and then and then and that posting these pictures was important, or she didn't know, which makes her utterly useless as a representative of the people if you don't bother paying attention to important news. Either way, it was tasteless. And that also, as far as she's concerned, is not news. Because yeah. you took a you took a swipe at two things with the little funky T-shirt. Since we're re redefining everything, we already know where you're going with that. Okay. Yep. And that's not even a conversation I care to have today because we've talked about it before. But then the other part is cordless hole puncher. You are a gross, gross thing. That is true. And that is a gross sentiment that someone actually thought of that and then paid money to have it printed on shirts and sell them. Yep. So, yeah. Again, I just... The cesspool, in cesspool? Is that, is that a thing? We're calling it. It's a it thing is. now. Cesspools are things, and she's definitely in it. An inner cesspool? And. I just don't understand this mm. whole notion that your right to own any gun you want outweighs my right to not be shot. I, I can't I can't fathom why they would fight that hard. Because they absolutely we've said it before, they absolutely refuse to back down from the notion 
that someone is literally trying to take all their guns. It, that's never what gun control has been about ever, right. ever. Yeah. There are, there are some people who do believe that, that no one should have guns except law enforcement in the military. There are people that believe that I get it. Yeah. But as it were, yeah, people do have that right. Even though the second amendment has been so thoroughly misinterpreted. And I've said this, I don't know how many times so thoroughly misinterpreted and warped as to suit, you know, an individual's selfish need to have stuff. But I'm not one of the ones that's saying take them, take them all away from everybody except for these particular groups. I'm not going to be the one that says it. But I'm forever going to be the same. I'm going to be the same person that says there's no reason in the world your average citizen needs assault rifles or semi-automatics. For what? But Yeah, and I saw a thing today that the NRA is sending out a thing to... I have no idea how they got it, but apparently they're sending out a thing to gun owners that aren't members of the NRA. And on the front of it, it says, this is your official gun confiscation notice or something like that. That's what's on the envelope. And then you open <laughs> it up and there's a thing about how we can't fall for the fear mongering of the left about the dangers of assault weapons. And I'm like, you're literally fear mongering on your fucking envelope. People, right? are falling, people are falling for it left and right. They've gotten so amped up and gotten fed so much crap from different directions about everything that's not you is a threat. Somebody's coming to take away not just your guns, but your dogs and your wives and your children and your livelihoods and your RVs and your car hard hats. They're coming for everything. You have to defend yourselves. But you know what they're not coming after? They're not coming after your Bud Light. But they officially, without any any sort of force, they let go of that one on their own. Yeah, they did. Fancy that. <laughs> oh, fancy that. Fuck them. I'm going with this rolling rock. Okay. Well, I just had a thought. <laughs> what if? Oh, no. <laughs> what if some liberal billionaire put out a thing that said for every for every transgender person that completes their um their surgeries gets a free AR15 <laughs> right i wonder honestly now you say that i wonder and not that we'd ever know because it's a complete violation of privacy, but I do wonder how many how many in, in the community are registered gun owners. Curious. I actually hope a lot of them are, just for safety purposes. Hell yeah. I I honestly think that we're probably six months to a year away from people that um, are transgendered being assaulted like all the damn time. Oh, it's happening now. Right. I'm talking, though, escalate that times 10. Oh, an escalation? Mm. True story, though. Back in the 60s, when a little group of folks that went by the name of the Black Panther Party started arming themselves legally. Yep. All of a sudden, dear God, there's a need for gun control laws. Quick, fellas, get in the chamber. 
Yep. The first gun control laws were sponsored by the NRA in the state of California and signed into law by when Ronald Wilson Reagan. Correct. So, yeah, let the wrong, quote unquote, the wrong group of folks get legally armed and start amping up. Talking about some, yeah, we feel threatened. We have things to protect. Yeah. Let's see how fast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see how fast some some sensible gun control measures make their way out to the floor. Yep. But what do I know? I'm just your average citizen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you imagine <sighs> how often though do you see stuff where like a Republican restaurant owner what church, whatever business will have a raffle and if you win it, you win an AR fifteen, right? You see that kind of stuff all the time. So I don't know. What if you know a black owned restaurant or business started giving away raffles for AR-15s or how fast would would that be a national outrage from the right? Probably pretty quick. <laughs> if nothing else, we would see the local community lose their fucking minds. Do you know how inappropriate this is to give away guns? Yes. And then and then really small font underneath that, it'll say to people with brown skin. <laughs> The people with brown skin, really, really tiny lettering at the. As soon as you walk in the door, you're qualified. You're in the drawing. What? What? What drawing? <laughs> Sit down. Sit down. What do you, What do you want? What do you want to start off with? Tea? Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, look at that! You just won an AK-47. Woohoo! Oh, hey, you! You just won a Glock. And if you order dessert, you'll be entered into a bonus round for a custom tool holster. And and a tactical vest. Indeed, for you and your dog. Uh, right. Oh, not to laugh. I'm sorry. Ooh. But uh, yeah, it's, I guess when people like Bo Barton, whoever she was supporting by, you know, publicizing that little butt wiper t-shirt. I don't know. I guess they think they're being clever at some level. Like who would possibly think that any of them would discount people's lives by seriously promoting that but again it's you thinking that you're smarter than everybody else in the room when you're actually the dumbest shit on the face of the earth yeah that's not nice to shit not at all but i mean you know i'll be curious as to how that particular t-shirt sells no not really (laughs) if i had it you know expendable income i would just go to wherever they're selling them and buy them up and then do a public shirt burning um live video on tiktok that's what i would do so (laughs) yeah so that's my contribution good luck guys and then i would you know call my bank and report the charges fraud um but that's my wtf for today yeah there we go that's what i've got and um before we we flip over to the the entree of the episode i guess we'll take a short break that we shall Hey listening friends, Jack here. And I would like to tell you about the sponsor of today's episode. And that sponsor is Atlas. Atlas is a branding, web development, and content marketing agency. As a business owner, your day-to-day is uncharted enough. From branding and web design to content marketing, Atlas will help you navigate this digital terrain with ease. In today's world, social media is a great tool. However, you need to have a concrete, focused plan on how to use it. And that's where Atlas comes in. 
Atlas can help you navigate this modern digital world. And on top of that, Atlas can also help you with traditional means of marketing. So if you would like to book your free consultation, please visit atlasokc.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-O-K-C dot com for your free consultation. And we're back. Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Um, on the other side of this here break, we're going to get into our main topic for this episode. So as we mentioned, we're kind of back into the serious business of the world. But this is actually a topic I thought about sort of at the last minute, and it turned out to be very introspective as I researched it, because um, it came about from me um, looking for an article uh, for something work-related. And I happened, uh, I happened upon something that just happened in a few weeks ago, and then it led me down a rabbit hole, an actually very informational rabbit hole. So I thought I'd talk about it today. Starting off with the story that I found that put this idea in my head. This is an article from a few weeks ago from NBC News' website. The headline, Fort Lee, Virginia, named for a Confederate general, will be renamed to honor Black Army pioneers. Fort Lee in Virginia, yes, an army base up in Northern Virginia, will be officially renamed Fort Greg Adams. And that happened at the, the last week in April, just about a week or so ago. And those two individuals are two Black officers who made significant contributions to the U.S. Army. That particular post, Fort Lee, is one of nine Army bases that will be renamed as part of the process of redesignating bases named after Confederate leaders. Quote, we are deeply honored to have Lieutenant General Arthur Gregg and Lieutenant Colonel Charity Adams as the new namesakes for our installation. Major General Mark Simmerly, commander of the U.S. Army Combined Arms Support Command and senior commander of Fort Lee, said in his statement. And apparently, uh, Lieutenant General Gregg is still alive, and he is the only living person in modern Army history to have an installation named after him. And his uh, military career spanned nearly 36 years, and indeed, he experienced the challenges of desegregating the armed forces, which began shortly after he enlisted in 1946. After completing officer, scan officer candidate school in 1949, his first assignment was at Fort Lee in 1950. And when he retired in 1981, he was the highest ranking black officer in the U.S. military. In 1942, Lieutenant Colonel Charity Adams served in the newly created Women's Army Auxiliary Corps where she later was selected to command the first and only unit of predominantly Black women to serve overseas during World War II. She led the 6888th Central Postal Directory Battalion, that's a mouthful, which was crucial to disseminating 17 million pieces of mail and correspondence for soldiers across England and France during the height of the war. She was eventually promoted to lieutenant colonel, one of the highest ranks attainable for women during the war, according to the Army. Two other bases in Virginia, Fort A.P. Hill and Fort Pickett, were also scheduled to be renamed by the Congressional Naming Commission. The commission was established in January 2021 to remove names, signs, and other items associated with the Confederacy and Confederate soldiers who waged the Civil War. The Naming Commission sought new names that are historically relevant and inclusive and shows Greg and Adams for their inspiring leadership. So that was the story I came across. 
which I did end up using in my work-related project. And it led me to ask, what on earth is the naming commission? That was a little project I was mostly unaware of. So that's what we're kind of talking about today, not just the naming commission, but what exactly is in a name, particularly in those names of Confederate soldiers and important figures who have had many things named after them. Why come? How many of them are there? Why would they do that? We're going to talk about that today. Yeah. So um, Fort Lee actually is a, well, I don't know if it's near and dear to my heart, but I did do AIT there when I was in the uh, army. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I remember so, you said that. I was a proud Papa pirate as I was learning my military skill. <laughs> Indeed. And where I had a drill sergeant that you had to do 20 push-ups for every piece of mail that you received. And mm. my birthday took place that year while I was in AIT. And apparently, if you had ever known me at any stage in my life, you sent me a birthday card that year. Because wow. I got a... I'm like, why are you sending... I've never got a birthday card from you. But I was getting them. Mm. And uh, I had to be put on the installment plan because I owed something like 800 push-ups for all of the mail that I received. Oh, bless. Mm. So every every time I saw that particular drill sergeant, I had to stop and do 20. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, somewhere around the 300th push-up, he was like, well, you know, you can do sit-ups if you want. And I thought that would have been nice to have known. Oh, I don't know, 150 push-ups ago? Well, barely than never. <laughs> I mean, I was in shape, but, you know, having to knock out 40 or 50 push-ups every time you see the man got old quickly. I I should say so. I should say so. (laughs) Yeah. I, I actually like Fort Lee. It's a very, it's a very pretty, pretty base. (laughs) I know that sounds weird, but. uh, No, you're, you're right. That, that area of Virginia where it's at is good, good parts of Virginia are actually very scenic with the trees and such. So yes. Yeah. And I was there during fall and coming from Oklahoma to where the trees literally on Monday are green. And then Tuesday, they're not Uh falling off. It was mm-hmm. so nice to see an actual progression of the leaves at Fort Lee. Well, yes. I guess now it's a, what is it, Greg Adams? Yes. That, that that'll would. that'll be hard for me to to swap over. Um, just because I I guess I went there and I've said it. So you know, where did you go to AIT? I went to Fort Lee. Um, so if I slip, it's not intentional by any means. It's just habit. <laughs> no, and that's it's gonna be. A tricky habit for a lot of people to break, I think, but it's for all good intentions and I'll never, I'll never be one to argue for it. And I know you wouldn't. So, but um, just to go back a little ways, a little, a little to go back and then to kind of widen the story a little bit. Yes. Many, many things are named after Confederate, notable Confederate figures and military leaders and soldiers. How many you say? Well, gosh, let's take a look. How many U.S. counties across the country would you think are named after Confederate figures? Over a thousand. No. Oh, less? Yes. Over 500? Cold. Oh, I, I don't know. 80. Oh, wow. 80, 80, 80. And the most common Confederacy-related county names are Lee County for that fella, Robert E. Lee. Yep. And they are spread across eight states. They are Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas, and I want to say maybe been Georgia. I'm pretty sure it was Georgia. Yeah. 
The second most common name is Jeff or Jefferson Davis County. Georgia and Texas have a Jeff Davis County. Mississippi and Louisiana have a Jefferson County. And in the case of Louisiana, it's Jefferson Parish. And these fellas I don't think I've ever heard of, but apparently they were important in the Confederacy. And that's probably why I don't know them. Um, Patrick Cleburne, Alexander Stevens, and Henry A. Wise. Each one of those fellas have two counties named after each of them. Out of the, and, and let me stop here and give you another pop quiz. Uh-oh. Okay. Where do you think the states are that have these counties in them? See, I would say South, but now it seems weird. <laughs> no, you're actually right. <laughs> to, to say that, that I, I don't know, Indiana and Ohio or Montana no, or something. You're actually right. It, it, they are. Most of these most of these counties are situated in the states that were in the Confederacy, which listening friends, if you don't remember, like I did not when I researched this, but we did talk about it way back in our episode. when We talked about uh, Southern history versus Confederate, blah, blah, blah. Last year, those states included Mississippi, Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, Texas, Virginia, Arkansas, Tennessee and North Carolina. So the vast, pretty much all of those counties are located or spread across those states. Right. Little wonder. Texas had the most of these counties named after Confederate leaders with 36. Interesting. It is interesting. I'm just guessing because it's a bigger state than the rest of them. But, you know, it's Texas. As far as Confederate symbols are concerned, which is another thing altogether, because Counties is one thing. You'll see the names of those, let's say, on a map or, you know, some kind of legal thing. Monuments are another thing altogether. Guess which state has the most Confederate symbols, i.e. monuments, things of that that nature. Texas? Virginia. Uh Well, yeah. And let's, let's remember Virginia, Richmond served as the capital of the Confederacy. Not once, but twice. Virginia. Last count, and this is an article I read, I think was about from a year or two ago. At that time, had the most Confederate symbols with 223. Wow. When we say symbols, we need monuments, statues, streets, things of that nature that you could visually see and could automatically relate to something about the Confederacy. Second runner-up is Texas, 178. Georgia, 192. North Carolina, 140. Mississippi, 131. South Carolina, 112. Alabama, 107. Hmm. And out of the total amount of monuments that those just happen to be the top 10, there's some monuments in each one of those those formerly Confederate states. But over the total of those monuments, over half of them are, you know, actual statues. And let's not forget the big hubbub here in the Commonwealth about removals of statues, one of which unfortunately precipitated the Charlottesville riot. Right. But that statue came down anyway, so there's neither here nor there. But there are very good people on both sides. Yes, that's (laughs) what we were told. That's what we were told. As far as our youth, because you know how there's certain, certain folks that are so overly concerned with protecting our youth and not indoctrinating them in the ways of evil. Right. If they make it out of school without being right, <laughs> 240 schools across the country are named after some Confederate figure. Yeah, 
and that includes elementary, middle, and high schools. Yeah, they renamed a couple in the Oklahoma City School District within the They've last done it. couple of years. They've done yeah. it here too. Mm -hmm. But would you believe about half of those schools serve majority Black or non-white students? Yes, mm -hmm. I actually 100% believe that. And there's the obvious reasons for that, but some of it had to do with white flight. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, um, and I should stop here and point out what shouldn't really be obvious, but I'll say it anyway. A lot of those monuments and street name changes and school, school namings came about not immediately after the Civil War. Nobody was really concerned about that then because the Confederacy had absolutely nothing to brag about. Yeah. A lot of that naming came about in the 50s and 60s yep. during the beginning and in the height of the civil rights era. Why? Because whites, you... like, whites didn't like being told that they had to share space. Yep. They wanted to remind you, put you in your place. But you All... know what I mean by mm -hmm. you. All day long. So that was, that was the point and the purpose. And whenever I hear somebody try to push back every time there's a news story about a statue or a monument being removed or a street being renamed, because we've had some streets named, renamed here in our local area in the last few years for that very reason. Every time I've, I've, you know, one of those stories comes up in the news, someone always pushes back with, why are you trying to take down history? People need to learn and know about what, nothing about a statue in the middle of the road is going to teach you any more about the history of the Civil War than a history book will. And trust me, it's in every single fracking history book that every single child has to read and study in this country. For now. For now. <laughs> but somehow we're moving statues and, you know, renaming parks and government buildings is somehow a travesty and you're erasing history. Yeah. Really? But okay. You go ahead with all that. That's, that's just fun. A couple of examples. Jefferson Davis Elementary School in Greenwood, Mississippi is named after Confederate president who led the charge to preserve slavery. We all know this is what the Civil War is about. We're not going to argue anymore. We're not going to relate again. And nearly all of the students who attend the school are African-American. And this information is according to an organization called the Equal Justice Initiative. Also, Southern Poverty Law Center um, states that many, like I said, many of the, the names of these schools and other institutions are pretty much in states that were within the Confederacy. And even though change has come, change has been very slow, as as almost all things pushing towards some measure of equality and equity are. Go figure. I should say in this country, it's slow. It's slow going. And it's frustrating to watch. But the change is coming, be that as it may. Yeah. But um, as of February 1st, 2019, and this is another article I'm referencing, the Southern Poverty Law Center reported that nationwide, 114 Confederate monuments had been removed in various states, but that over 1,700 remained in place. That was 2019. That was before George Floyd. Right. And what we saw um, as a result of the murder of George Floyd was a lot of reactive things happening in many, many states. And it shouldn't have taken a tragedy like that for people to move like they did, but move they did. And we started seeing more changes coming more rapidly. But the fact that we're, we're, they say nationwide at that time, there was still roughly 1,700 pieces of memorabilia or, or 
right. monuments or such that still existed. To think that most of them, most of them exist in the southern states tells you a bunch. So they're not letting go. They're not letting go. Uh, from this same article, here's a little blurb. A step in the direction of, quote, telling the whole story, i.e., you know, history. We just talked about that. Occurred in Richmond, Virginia, when a 10-foot bronze statue of Maggie L. Walker was unveiled in July 2017. The statue was placed in a plaza at the intersection of Adams Street and Broad Street. And I'm familiar with the area now that I've been to Richmond half a dozen times in the last two months. (laughs) That neighborhood was once the center of the Black elite in Richmond, where doctors and wealthy business leaders congregated. The city's mayor noted that it was the first monument on city-owned property to recognize a woman. And his comments also referenced how he felt about honoring a Black woman expanding the range of statues beyond those of Confederate leaders. Quote, as you know, Richmond has many monuments, and you know how I feel about those. This will be my favorite monument in the city. Yeah. And of course, going back to what I just mentioned, February 2017, Charlottesville voted, the city council voted to remove uh, the 1921 statue of uh, Confederate General Stonewall Jackson from Jackson Park and also the 1924 statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from Lee Park. And that decision was followed by a vote to rename Jackson Park as Justice Park and to rename Lee Park as Market Street Park. This, unfortunately, is what led to lawsuits, which eventually led to the Tiki Torch Whites, as Dave Chappelle called them, <laughs> to protest in the streets, which led to the unfortunate riot. Than tragic death of uh, a young lady there. So I can't, for the life of me, even all these years later to this day, I cannot imagine. What were you fighting for? What were you guys really out there protesting? Who was trying to take, it always comes down to somebody trying to take something away from somebody, according to them, which is sad. Stonewall Jackson, um, I did some, quite a bit of research into him. He is a very unique man. Mm Mm-hmm. Even for then, exceedingly religious, he he believed that you did not have battles on Sundays because you know it was the holy day. Mm-hmm. So if it was Saturday and he's like, "Man, we're gonna have to, we're gonna be fighting tomorrow too," he would just issue an order, and his order would say, "Effective immediately, tomorrow is Monday. It is not Sunday, and we will celebrate." Sunday will take place on the day between Wednesday and Thursday. He just rearranged the calendar. Okay. <laughs> I just find that funny. <laughs> That's that is an interesting bit of trivia there, honestly. But and, um <laughs> Yeah, and another time he got shot in the hand at the beginning of a battle and he spent the entire rest of the battle with his arm raised above his head so his hand wouldn't bleed. Talk about dedication to the cause. Hey, he had the courage of his convictions, you know, until the end. Um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, actually it's probably a good thing that he got shot and died because he was probably the best general that the South had. Uh-huh. And it was after his passing that the South really started losing. It was two fronts. It was his passing. The South started losing. And then Ulysses S. Grant um, coming in. I, I don't want it to sound like I'm a Stonewall Jackson fanboy. I just find <laughs> him to be, you can find someone to be an interesting person in history. And still know. be on the wrong side of it. Right. You know, mm. and it's just sort of that thing because he he was a very interesting man. Um, mm. Yeah, it was a good thing that probably that he did get shot and killed. 
There is that. Things could have things could look a lot different today. If not that. Ooh. Yeah. Anywho, but coming back around in a circle about the naming commission that I, I mentioned at the top of the the conversation. It was implemented, uh, as I mentioned, in 2021, and it finished its reviews at the beginning of this year. The changing of the name of Fort Lee was just one of the approved changes. So the remaining changes include Fort Benning, Georgia, which will be renamed Fort Moore after Army Lieutenant General Hal Moore and his wife, Julia Compton Moore. Moore commanded U.S. forces in the first large-scale battle of the Vietnam War. That is that the guy that uh, we were soldiers. Uh, That's him. Gibson portrayed. Okay, yeah, I read. I actually read his book that we were soldiers based on. Um, yes, the book's quite interesting, and there was a lot more that occurred than was in the movie. Understandable, but mm-hmm. that's kind of cool, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and matter of fact, that might be. I, I'm not a fan of war stories, but I might pick that up if I can read. John McCain's book. I'll read that. Um, Fort Gordon, Georgia is renamed Fort Eisenhower after General of the Army Dwight D. Eisenhower. You might know that fellow. Yeah, he he only did a few things. A couple things, a couple things, you know, 34th president. Um, Fort A.P. Hill, Virginia is renamed Fort Walker after Dr. Mary Edwards Walker, no relation, the first woman surgeon in the Civil War and the only woman awarded the Medal of Honor. Cool. Fort Hood, Texas is renamed Fort Cavazos. I think that's how you say it. My apologies. In honor of Army General Richard E. Cavazos, a Hispanic American hero of both the Korean and Vietnam Wars. <laughs> so that now means that um, because I spent most of my time because I was in the National Guard, so not really a base. Then I did training at Fort, well, now Fort Greg Adams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was stationed at Fort Hood, now Fort, what you said. Cavazos. So I guess the only one that's left that I spent time at is Fort Knox, where I did basic training, unless you're going to tell me that's on the list. Wait and see. At <laughs> <laughs> Camp Gruber in Oklahoma. <laughs> Fort Pickett, Virginia, is renamed Fort Barfoot in honor of Army Tech Sergeant Van T. Barfoot who received the Medal of Honor for his actions with the 54th Infantry in Italy in 1944. Fort Polk, Louisiana, is renamed Fort Johnson to commemorate Army Sergeant William Henry Johnson. And he was a member of the famous Harlem Hellfighters that fought under French Army Command during World War I. Johnson belatedly received the Medal of Honor for an action in the Aragon Forest of France, where he fought off a German raid and received 21 wounds in the hand-to-hand fighting. President Barack Obama awarded Johnson the medal in 2015, long after he passed away in 1929. And if for listening friends, put a pin in this, because the Harlem Hellfighters is a heck of a story. You might hear that later. Fort Rucker, Alabama is renamed after Army Chief Warrant Officer 4 Michael J. Novosel. The chief was an aviator who flew combat in both World War II and Vietnam and received the Medal of Honor for a medevac mission under fire in Vietnam, where he saved 29 soldiers. And finally, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, is renamed Fort Liberty. There There we go. go. And, you know, this might as well get thrown in, too. When I used to go to my two weeks for the National Guard in Oklahoma, where did we go to get our supplies? Fort Polk, Louisiana. (laughs) And I did a 30-day training there. So, apparently... 
every base I went to is now and got a new name, which is fine. I'm cool. <laughs> it's just like, wow, apparently my entire military career took place in the South. I mean, you know, what I did find out while researching this, though, the reason why a lot of those places were named the way they were named is that it was a way of sort of extending an olive branch to the South to say all this forgiven. Yeah. So, you know, never mind that you wasted four years of everybody's lives because, you know, y'all had a temper tantrum. You know, we forgive yeah. you. We're going to go ahead and, and name these military installations after some of y'all's folks. So it's cool. Yeah. But, ne- you know, never mind that. Never mind that you literally still had, at least until the early part of the 20th century, the early 1900s or so, you still had a good number of Blacks that lived in the South. That probably joined the military and at some point were stationed at these bases. Never mind that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But okay. South, we forgive you. So we're going to go ahead and, you know, throw these name changes at you. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. And honestly, I there are people from 1900 on who did equally or more impressive stuff than people pre-1900 that are equally deserving of having something like a military installation named after them. Mm-hmm. And every single person that was mentioned is somebody that is getting it named after them now is somebody that did something that is of note and entirely worth being having something named after them. Mm-hmm. In some cases, probably more impressive. Yeah, I'll give you an example. And I may have mentioned this on a previous episode, an early episode, that uh, a major thoroughfare in my area was renamed. The, the renaming was finalized, I want to say it was twenty. 2021, I think. And the name of the road previously was Magruder Boulevard. Don't ask me his first name. I looked it up and I've forgotten since. But Magruder was apparently a Confederate general who led an army that was supposed to fortify and keep this part of, you know, the town that I happen to live in and nearby areas secure as a stronghold during the winter. And he ended up like burning down part of the city. He claimed to keep the confed i mean to keep uh union soldiers from wintering there and taking shelter what it actually was was that he wanted to keep escaping slaves from seeking shelter so he burned the city down and he'd made some other fairly poor decisions that cost the confederacy the battles in this area so yeah but they managed to name this road after this guy and kept it that way for years until you know a couple years ago when city council was like hmm we're going to go ahead and change it. Now it is called Neil Armstrong Parkway. And if you want my opinion, I think former astronauts are far more deserving than yes. Confederate generals. Yeah, hmm. I, I mean, I guess if you were going to be the first dude on the moon, you should probably have a parkway named after you somewhere. I mean, we've got plenty of things named after former astronauts because this is, this is NASA country. Right. So, but yeah, I've, I've, I only... After all the years I had lived here, I only started wondering about the name or who the no, who the road was named after when they decided to change it. I'm like, who who was it named after to begin with? And then I read up about him. I'm like, oh, he's one of those guys. Yep. Mm, okay. But there's there's a another example there of um just like you said, they are far more worthy people. And yep. when you think about the fact that all these establishing of names was nothing more than a petty, petty get back, really, when you think about it. Just yeah. being petty. <sighs> Human beings. What, what can you do with this? What can you do? What can you do? 
You know, you can't take us anywhere. You can't take us anywhere and no one gets out alive. So that's why we can't have nice things. We ought to be better than this. Damn it. Damn it. But that's a a good step in the right direction. All people Mm -hmm. worthy of having something named after them. And, you know, if I, somebody that was stationed at apparently every base named after a Confederate soldier or spent time there, if it doesn't bother me (laughs) and you were never in the military and you were never at those places, well, in my case, actually, it was forts, not bases. I I swapped because I grew up Air Force and Air Force bases, but they're Army forts. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was at those places, so I, I have a connection to them. And if it doesn't bother me, then it shouldn't bother you. It really... Especially if you weren't in the military and you were never there. And let's just be, just, just be honest. How many folks that are stationed at these bases now and they're complaining about everything and changing. Do they even know who these bases are named after or who they were named after? Probably not. I bet not. <laughs> now, with Fort Lee, that one is fairly obvious. That is an easy one. That is an easy one. True. But, but um, Fort Benning, uh, I guarantee you most people don't realize that was named after a Confederate. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that Fort Hood was. Mm-hmm. But that's because General Hood was sort of a more well-known uh confederate general i guess Mm -hmm. and mentioned in like various you know civil war movies right i always assumed fort polk was actually named after president polk Mm. Hmm. see every every new thing you learn I I, i don't i don't know i guess i guess it's part of my privilege to not understand why so many white folks get bent out of shape when stuff like this starts shifting I guess that's part of my privilege to not understand it. Perhaps I should. I'm not saying I'm going to ever agree with it, but maybe just a little bit I can kind of understand. I can make all the assumptions in the world and say it's based on fear or ignorance or just plain hatred or whatever the case may be. But I don't know why stuff like this should shake people up so badly. I don't know. I, I've thought about that as well. And even I'm not necessarily 100% sure because you can say, well, it's history or tradition, but it's not. Because if you if you grew up in North Dakota and you were never in the military and you were never stationed at any of these places until this news story came out, did you even know that Fort Polk, Louisiana existed? Yeah. Right? So why I don't understand why you would get bent out of shape about something two months ago you didn't even know was there. Yeah. And or change. The world isn't stagnant. It shouldn't be. It, ne- it never should be. You have to, you know, what do, what do we tell our kids when they're growing up if they make a mistake? You have to own up to your mistake. Mm-hmm. You have to admit that you did it. Yeah, you might receive some punishment for it, but you have to own up to what you did. And in the long run, you'll be a better person. So, yeah, we name stuff after Confederates. But we're at a point now where we can recognize, you know what? Maybe we need to change the name of these places now. You know, maybe in 1900, naming something after that was a olive branch. That doesn't mean that it has to stay that way. Things change all the time. They do. They do. And they. And you know what? And, and I was thinking about this the other week. And I, this might be the perfect place to mention. I was thinking back to the episode you had did, um, Musings, um, last year with Dr. Bob uh-huh. about the Tulsa Race Massacre. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to misquote him, and I hate to do that. But if I remember, 
I'll, I'll try to paraphrase what he said. He, he felt bad for white folks because they're depriving themselves of learning a wealth of knowledge about other cultures, being racists, like they're cutting themselves off yeah. by having such a small minded and narrow perspective on things. They're cheating themselves out of some amazing relationships and a wealth of knowledge about other people in the world around them by denying other people their humanity. I'm paraphrasing. I know I am, but that was the gist as I remember. And I thought about that the other week reading, you know, listening to some other, you know, other stories along these lines. And I'm like, do these people not realize how badly they're cheating themselves? They talk about losing something. You know, if they if other people gain ground and gain rights, they talk about how they're losing something. The only people that are cheating them are themselves. Yeah, you're you're losing out of a richer life and a richer perspective on things. And learning learning about these things and having these courses corrected, as it were, doesn't indict white people as a whole. It was never about that. But, you know. You've obviously still got a whole shit lot of people out there that believe that. And again, whether it's based out of fear or just willful ignorance, because literally most of us have little computers in our pockets all day long. There's nothing out there that you can't know if you want, if you want to. Right. So I don't know. I feel bad to a certain extent, but I'm like, you're just cheating yourselves. You can't blame, you can't blame black folks. You can't blame Latinos, Asian Americans, or any other marginalized community in this country for any of that. Yeah. I I guess people are I don't want to say I don't want to say like fearful to the point of like shitting themselves. Yeah. But I guess the idea of your bubble bursting is scary. You know? Yeah. And that doesn't mean that what happens after that is better. I mean, hell, their entire movie's about, you know, bubble boy and how much his world sucked because he was in his bubble, right? Mm-hmm. And he wanted to go out and explore the world, but he couldn't because he was in his bubble. Mm-hmm. Pop your damn bubble and get to know people of different life experiences and everything, and you'll find that it makes your life richer. Yeah, yeah, I and know. better. So, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping folks get woke soon. <laughs> right. I feel like we should work that word into every episode from now until right. the end of the year. Uh, just remember the opposite of woke is being asleep basically so i mean you either you either catch up or get left behind because the the world's moving on yeah yeah so with that being said listening friends we've we've come to the end of another spectacular episode and we're glad that you hung in there with us we are. We'll, close, we'll close this out because I see friend Jack is running out of steam. So <laughs> my uh, my Sudafed is is wearing off. <laughs> so I will I will go ahead and close this out uh, in an efficient fashion by saying, if you love us and you love what we do, help support us as we continue on our journey and help us show you our appreciation for listening by donating to us at buymeacoffee.com slash hyperfocuspods. If you love this podcast and what we do here, also tune in and listen to Jack's solo podcast, Musings of an ADD Mind, also found wherever you find this podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your neighbors, the guy that runs the convenience store up the street, the dogs, the cats, and the guy at the gas pump next to you. We love you. Thanks for coming out. 
Good night. Bye. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, hit that like button and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Let us hear your feedback. You can find us on our website, podpage.com slash kenyatta-jack-save-the-world. On Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W. On Facebook, or you can email us at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. You can also find further information about our chosen charities at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. And because we always want you to be good to yourselves and others, if you or anyone you know needs help or support, please check out the resources provided by the American Psychological Association at apa.org slash topics slash crisis dash Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a production of Hyper Focus Podcasts.